It's Friday, March 20th, and the person in charge of this crisis is still Donald Trump. I'm Sean Ramosverm, and this is your coronavirus update from Today Explained. More than 11,000 people have now died worldwide as a result of COVID-19. We've got well over 250,000 known cases. In his now daily press briefing, President Trump continued to be cagey about whether he'd use something called the Defense Production Act to compel American industries to provide critical medical equipment during this crisis. He then attacked his own State Department, calling it the Deep State Department. Dr. Anthony Fauci from the NIH looked like he wanted to disappear, but it was a heck of a transition to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who did not defend his employees, but announced the United States borders with Canada and Mexico will officially close to non-essential travelers at midnight on Saturday. Pompeo also reminded Americans abroad to come home or get ready to hunker down for a while. New York's governor told people to stay at home as much as possible. He also told all non-essential businesses to close down. California's governor did the same thing last night, essentially. The nation's now running low on blood. The blood isn't for COVID-19 patients specifically, but the American Red Cross supplies roughly 40% of the nation's blood and blood drives have been canceled left and right. They're trying to pick up the slack and could use your help. And from the Department of Silver Linings, Americans got an extension on their taxes. You've got until July 15th, make it a hot tax summer. Get in touch with Today Explained via email, todayexplained at vox.com or on Twitter, today underscore explained. I'm at Ramos Firm. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. We've been explaining COVID-19 wall to wall on the show, and there's still a ton of stuff we haven't explained. So today we're going to do something we've never done before, an entire episode dedicated to listener questions, because you all have some really good questions, a lot of them too. We can't get to them all, but we picked ones that don't overlap too much with the stuff we've already covered and the stuff we'd like to cover in the future. Okay, let's start with something essential, something we've all been thinking about, toilet paper. Why is everyone buying all the gosh darn toilet paper as if COVID-19 were some kind of diuretic? I mean, I get that if you're not planning on leaving the house for a while, you gotta have TP, but... A lot of it is also just about seeing empty shelves. The more you see it on in stores, on social media, in the news, that creates a perception of scarcity. So you think that there isn't enough and you want to make sure that you personally have control. Hillary George Parkin writes for the goods from Vox. Stockpiling in general is really about control and people are really scared right now. This is probably the most uncertainty a lot of people have experienced in their lifetimes. They want to make sure they have everything they need at home, no matter what happens in the coming weeks. And so stockpiling... Toilet paper is one way to do that. Hillary, I'm on a few text chains that include people from Utah, people from Missouri, and they're saying Costco is out. They're saying the grocery stores are out. Will all of these shelves get restocked? 
So manufacturers are still making toilet paper. They haven't had any issues with the raw materials. They're still delivering it to stores every day. They're running at capacity. They're, in many cases, taking um, new steps to replenish shelves as quickly as possible, such as sending trucks directly to and from paper factories and cutting out distribution centers. And based on all the information we have right now, there's no danger of the supply running out. Hmm. If you do run out, as you may have gathered, Costco probably isn't the place to go unless you want to line up first thing in the morning and wait for a long time in a large crowd of people. But definitely check local retailers. Um, Maybe you have a bodega, a corner store, a small independent grocery. Call ahead for sure. And as far as when it's actually going to go back to normal, it really depends on how we as consumers behave. Because this is more about demand than supply, if everyone is taking what they need, supply will have a chance to catch up. I guess while we're on supply and demand and essentials, will will there be enough food now that every millennial who's like never cooked in their lives is making their own meals at home? So everything we've heard from the federal government, from the agricultural industry, tells us that the U.S. has plenty of food. So the empty shelves you're seeing are really a reflection of this surge in demand that we've seen in recent weeks. One interesting quote I heard from a supply chain resilience expert at CNA, which is a research organization, was the more the stock market goes down, the more grocery buying goes up. We got an email this morning from Lori, who's a grocery store employee, and she said, what measures are being taken to protect grocery store workers like me who can't buy hand sanitizer and can only wash our hands on break? Yeah, so along with healthcare workers right now, grocery store workers, truck drivers, warehouse workers, they're basically the front line, particularly as cities start imposing stricter rules to help stop the spread of the virus. Delivery services have set up no-contact drop-offs. So drivers can leave orders on a porch or at a front door without having to physically hand off a package. And this is something we actually saw used extensively in China over January and February. And it's been so effective that some experts um, say that people will probably continue to use it even as these cities are largely returning to normal life. Hmm. And then in terms of warehouses and grocery stores, what we've heard from companies is that they're following CDC guidelines around making sure workplaces are thoroughly cleaned and disinfected asking employees not to come in if they feel sick, and implementing social distancing between workers where possible. Still, these aren't really workplaces that are particularly well set up to accommodate some of these health precautions, particularly as they're facing this huge surge in demand, both in online orders and in terms of customers coming to stores. So we're seeing, for instance, um, Amazon warehouse workers in Seattle, which has been one of the centers of the outbreak in the U.S., complain that the company isn't conducting daily screenings for coronavirus symptoms, which is part of the CDC's recommendations for Seattle specifically. And in Italy, there's actually been a strike at a fulfillment center where two employees have tested positive for the virus. Hillary George Parkin writes for The Goods from Vox. They're covering the shit out of all this toilet paper stuff and other consumer angles on the coronavirus too. Find them at Vox.com. We got a ton of questions specifically about COVID-19, about the myths, about the conspiracy theories, about the symptoms of the virus. But one question that felt essential to us was, is this thing really just like the flu? And if so, why don't we care this much about the flu? It felt like a good question for a doctor. My name is Owen Albin. A fancy doctor. I'm an infectious disease doctor at the University of Michigan. So is it just like the flu? Is this just like flu 2, the sequel? The novel coronavirus that's circulating right now is similar to the flu in the sense that it can cause 
symptoms that are very similar to the flu. So it causes fevers, it can cause lots of chills and muscle aches, it can cause people to feel really, really crummy and tired. And in a minority of cases, it can cause a bad uh, infection of the lungs, which makes it difficult for people to breathe. Uh, The difference between the coronavirus and the flu, though, is that the coronavirus appears to be more lethal. The coronavirus also appears to spread between people more easily than the flu does. I keep getting texts and emails from my older family members saying that if you keep your throat wet, you can't get COVID-19. They are not doctors. You are. Can you avoid the Rona if you keep your throat wet? And and if not, where should people be getting good information in a sea of uh, gross speculation? So for the first part of the question, the answer is uh, no. That's kind of an urban legend. Viruses are kind of like little spaceships. They dock onto the cells in your throat often. And so once they're inside, uh, they start replicating and they're going to keep replicating inside of cells. So gargling really anything in the back of your throat is really not going to get rid of the virus that's already inside of your cell. In terms of what the most trusted sources of information are, if you're looking for something online, uh, really anything that the CDC puts out, that's probably the best source of information in the United States. Doc, I asked Hillary how we can keep grocery store workers safe. How are healthcare workers like you staying safe? We've heard a lot of news that it's treacherous out there for y'all, and we've heard from listeners who want to know too. We're kind of doing the same thing that uh, everyone else is doing. We're trying to be careful about who and how close we get to. Um, that's often not possible in the medical field because you need to be fairly intimate, for lack of a better word, uh, when it comes to examining people and taking care of them. So we're really trying to use uh, appropriate uh, personal protective equipment as much as possible. Well, thank you for your work, seriously. And I want to let you get back to it. But one last important question before I let you go. And this one might not be appropriate for the kids in the room, parents. It comes from Michael Smith, who emailed us, Can someone explain if you can contract coronavirus through sex? I don't kiss during sex. Parenthetical, I had a bad experience at Burger King. So I was wondering what fluids and organs can catch it. No, not in the traditional sense. There's there's not evidence right now that the coronavirus can be passed sexually in the way that you might think a sexually transmitted disease is. However, you know, sexual intercourse often involves very close personal contact. Chances are that you're going to be exchanging respiratory droplets having sexual intercourse. (laughs) Is there anything sexier than respiratory droplets? I know what you're thinking, though. What happened to Michael Smith at Burger King? I asked him. He did not answer. But the editorial director of Vox Podcasts, Liz Nelson, has a theory. Nothing happened to Michael Smith at Burger King. He was just making a reference to the Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. I'm a freak. I like the girls with the boom. I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. I'm crazy. In my defense, I was five when this song came out, so I'm going to give myself a pass for missing the reference. More of your questions after the break. Come on. Uh, do the 
Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. Affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that health care is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. It's Today Explained. I'm Sean Ramos from You know what we haven't talked about in a while? The election. Tulsi Gabbard somehow dropped out of the race yesterday. So now it's even more so officially three super old guys running for the big job. Which begs the question, what happens if one of them gets COVID-19? Listener Linda emailed to ask, what if one of them dies? Ellen Nelson at Vox has been thinking about that one too, Linda. So the answer is much clearer on the Republican side than the Democratic side, because obviously we already have a Republican incumbent president as well as a a vice president who are already in place. So in the event that, say, you know, Trump got coronavirus or otherwise became unable to accept the Republican nomination, it could theoretically go to Mike Pence. And the Democrats? If a nominee were to get coronavirus before the Democratic National Convention takes place and the convention proceeds as normal, you know, delegates aren't necessarily bound to any particular candidate. So the delegates at the convention could potentially negotiate and debate over potential alternative nominees. And then the majority at the convention could sort of choose who they want as the nominee going forward. But if a nominated candidate is to die after a convention, the DNC would consult with high-level members of Congress. They would consult with other high-level members of the Democratic Party, like governors, the Democratic Governors Association. And there would be a group that would come together within the DNC to sort of choose who the nominee would be going forward. Um, And it's really important to note that this wouldn't necessarily be the Democratic vice presidential pick. Um, It it certainly could be, but the DNC would have sort of more latitude to get together, kind of confer among everybody, and then ultimately choose a replacement nominee. Another related question we got from Ray in Australia was, should the presidential election even really go ahead? He wrote... 
about concerns about community spread at the polls in November and a concern that Russia could get even more hacky if we all went e-voting? I think at this point, it's way too far off to say that the election is going to be canceled. And I think that if if people were putting that out there, you know, it could be, you know, a big kind of constitutional crisis or crisis of democracy. I think that instead people are focusing on ways that we can make sure that the election continues, but to have contingencies in place like vote by mail so that people can still cast their ballots, but not necessarily have to do it in a physical polling place. Katie from the Bronx tweeted with a question that didn't used to be political, but has become so recently. How is the coronavirus outbreak going to affect the collection of the census? For the answer, we reached out to an old friend of the show. This is Hansi Luang. I'm a national correspondent for NPR covering the people, power, and money behind the 2020 census. And the coronavirus outbreak is definitely affecting the national headcount. The Census Bureau has postponed until April 1st all field operations, meaning that training sessions for door knockers is postponed, the count of people experiencing homelessness and living in shelters or living outdoors, that has been postponed. So has door knocking in some American Indian tribal territories, as well as an operation that would involve workers leaving paper forms outside of homes in Puerto Rico and other areas recovering from natural disasters. All that in-person activity on hold for the next two weeks And that does resolve uncertainty about how the Bureau is protecting its workers, but it throws off a very tight schedule to try to meet this constitutional mandate to get every person living in the U.S. counted this year. And the Bureau right now is emphasizing that it needs the public's help. It needs as many people as possible to fill out a census form on their own, either online at my2020census.gov by calling a toll-free number or mailing back a paper form if they receive one. Because the key here is that the more households that fill out a form themselves now, the less pressure on the Bureau to try to bring on board hundreds of thousands of workers during a public health crisis. The census already had a host of challenges to getting a good count. The coronavirus exacerbates a lot of those challenges. That toll-free number for the census, by the way, is 844-330-2020. Again, 844-330-2020. If you go to the site, you can find numbers in about 15 other languages, too. Hours of operation are 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. While we're exchanging phone numbers, here's another one. We set up a voicemail operation for Today Explained listener questions at 202-688-5900. If you want to get your voice on the show, hit that number and we might feature you in the future. Again, it's 202-688-5944. Keep in touch. This last question's a question that I had, and maybe it's a question that you have too. How can I help? I know people who are losing their jobs. There are many, many more people who are doing even worse than that. People are sick. People are dying. What can one of us do in this moment if we aren't hurting that badly? And I thought I could ask Dylan Matthews because helping people is pretty much his beat at Vox. Dylan? I should say first off that just like we don't know much about how this crisis is going to go in general, we don't know much about the best ways to help people yet. Yeah, actually, when writing up this sort of prep for this show, I wrote, don't know where we get the answer to this one. God? Question mark? <laughs> God or Dylan down the hall? <laughs> Dylan. Um, so, yeah. So, if you want to help people, 
I think the main thing to do is stay inside and obey social distancing rules. I know that sounds really cliche, and you've probably heard it a million times, but it's really, really important. A good rule of thumb is that if you give to really effective charities that do really important health work, you can maybe save a human life for every two or $3,000 you spend. And that's really good. That's, that's a really good bang for your buck. And with COVID-19, social distancing is cheaper. You can save a human life just by not infecting people. You can save a human life by assuming that you're a passive carrier and staying inside, not being in crowded groups where you're at risk of transmitting and helping vulnerable people not get infected. But I think a lot of people who are social distancing, like should they be giving blood? Should they be buying groceries and delivering them to the elderly who maybe are incapacitated or maybe are scared to go out right now because they might get sick? Giving blood's always good. I think if you have community groups in your area, like Meals on Wheels, that are doing grocery delivery or other services for people who can't go out or who might not be physically mobile, uh, that's a great thing that you can be doing. If you're interested in giving to people who are suffering from coronavirus uh, with money, if, if you're, say, anticipating the checks that the Trump administration is going to be sending out probably in a few weeks, and you think, hey, I don't really need this check, maybe this check should go to someone who needs it a little more than I do, one thing you can do is donate to the group Give Directly. So this is a group I've covered for many years. I think they do great work, and they specialize in giving cash to people who need it. Historically, that's mostly meant people in really desperately poor areas of sub-Saharan Africa. Now, GiveDirectly is starting to do cash transfers in the United States as coronavirus response. This is a new thing for them, but I think it's inspired by that same intuition that if you have money and if you get a check and you don't need it, it should go to someone who does need it. Can I add one thing, Dylan? Please do. I just want to stress that kindness can be contagious in these moments where we're all struggling in this thing together. I mean... I go to the grocery store in D.C., there's a lady behind me with a big, hot pizza that she was clearly trying to take to some hungry kids somewhere. So I just said, hey, go ahead of me. You just have one pizza. And then it, like, had this domino effect where the lady in front of me was like, yeah, go in front of me too. And then all of a sudden, she's at the front of the line, and she got to get out and take that pizza to her hungry kids. And meanwhile, I talked to my friends in New York City, and they say, like, the grocery store is a nightmare. People are mean. People are pushy. People are forgetting each other's humanity. And I just want to stress that a little act of kindness can go a long way in moments like these. For sure. I always like the David Foster Wallace line that you have a choice in your, when you're on the road to assume that the guy who cut you off is is a horrible, horrible person or to think maybe he had a reason for doing that and I don't really understand what he's going through. And when you're interacting with people at the grocery store or trying to get a test for yourself and in the waiting room at an ER, just assume that other people are going through things too, that you have a choice to assume the worst or assume the best of them. And we're all going to get through this better if we assume the best of each other. You need to stay six feet away, six feet away. Today Explained is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. The team is well over six feet away from each other right now. We're putting this podcast together remotely from our homes in and around Washington, D.C. The team includes Halima Shah, Bridget McCarthy, Amina Al-Sadi, and Jillian Weinberger, who all did a ton of work 
to help me answer these questions today. Afim the Dream Shapiro has the nightmare job of making our show sound good even though none of us are using studios anymore. Not me, not any of our guests. Thank you so much, Afim. Cecilia Lay is checking facts from San Francisco and couldn't be more ready for the weekend's new album. It dropped today. The mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder would like all the partying spring breaker bros in Florida to just stop already. And Noam Hassenfeld wrote Six Feet Away, which is going to win the Grammy. Six feet away, six feet away. Big, big special thanks to Allison Rocky, Liz Nelson, Lauren Katz, and Joss Fong for all of their help with the song. If you're looking for fun quarantine things to do this weekend or in the coming weeks, make a cover or do the dance. Find the original video and song at vox.com slash todayexplained. And don't forget to share your versions using the hashtag six feet away song. The one you're hearing right now is from Owen Plant, who posted it almost immediately after we published the song last night. We were all astonished on the team. Owen, thank you. We love it. You can find lots of music from Owen on YouTube. Just search for Owen like Owen and plant like philodendron. 